Okay, you want to just roll into it? No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Hey, let's, you, just, let's just roll into it. You tell me. So, you're in high school. And right now in your life, it's evident that you're a really disciplined person. But what I want to know is, in high school, were you that guy who woke up early, who went to school, <laughs> did his homework, discipline, discipline, discipline? Or is that something that came later in life? I was pretty disciplined. I'm okay. not going to lie. I was pretty disciplined, yeah. I... I I had fun, but I realized like I found more fun in being disciplined in, in as far as like trying to be the best version of me I could because mm-hmm. I played sports. Okay. Sports was kind of like my high school. My high school career was sports, and I felt like um, if I can be the biggest, fastest, strongest guy on the field or mm-hmm. on the ice or what, you know whatever sport I played, that was my goal, and um, that just kind of carried on through life. Now you said on the field, on the ice. Were you a hockey player? I was. I was. I played. Okay. I played football and uh, hockey were my two sports in, in high school. Okay, that, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Me over here, the skinny cross-country runner, doesn't really have the, the, the size. But uh, you're going through high school. You start working out seriously. Your senior year, I mean, what is it that makes you decide that bodybuilding is the path for you? I mean, did you see, like, Arnold in a movie? Like, what was the, the inspiring moment that's like, this is my sport. It's not it's hockey. Kind of, it's not football. I'd say that was it. You know, I, I remember Terminator 2 was like the movie in my, in yeah. my age that yeah. was like the movie. And, and I remember I was like, man, that, that's, I always wanted to be like that strong. Every, every young guy wants to be like the strong character or superhero, you mm-hmm. know, in a movie. And then, uh, and then I started picking up some muscle magazines. And then I started training for football when I was a freshman in high school. Loved training. And uh, from there, it kind of that passion just continued on. And like I said, I always wanted to be the biggest, fastest guy in any yeah. sport I played. Um, and then I started just watching. There were some old uh, competition movies that, like from Arnold back in the day, Pumping mm-hmm. Iron. Yeah. That anybody that's in the sport has has watched Pumping Iron. It's a, it's it's a class. Even if you don't like uh-huh. bodybuilding, Pumping Iron is a pretty cool movie. Oh, oh, kind of shows you the personality of Arnold before he really became a personality mm-hmm. or, or a celebrity in in the movie and film world. But um, it was that's kind of what really drove me to pursue it, definitely in, in my early days. Okay, so what do you? You're, I mean, you know, we were talking about your stats before beforehand about being was it fifth in the last uh, Olympia? Yeah, sixth in the last. Sixth in the last Olympia. Fourth in the fourth Arnold. In, in the yeah. Arnold. You know, so you, you're you're among the top bodybuilders in the world. So how much are you like weighing in right now? I hold about two eighty, pretty 280. pretty. Uh, comfortably like okay. I compete at about 280 and I and I kind of just when I get ready for a competition I a lot of guys they have to drop a lot of weight yeah. so they may go from like 300 down to 250 mm-hmm. I usually hold that weight and I kind of grow into a show because my training's more regimented my diet everything is mm-hmm. really like you know every t's crossed every i's dotted and and that makes when you're trying to get to the level to do to the extent that we're doing it mm-hmm. it's got to be that precise and yeah. it becomes a science so you, you just yeah. to see your body transform over the three months that i get mm-hmm. ready for a show or four months however long it is you know sort of a common theme that i want to draw out of this is, is is discipline we talk about discipline in high school discipline and bodybuilding discipline in business so you're on shark tank can you tell yeah. us about that yeah yeah actually uh so my wife and i kind of make this you know uh the the ultimate fit couple. I'll okay. take that title. Um, but <laughs> we we got married uh, very quickly. We met in in the sport, mm-hmm. and um, we weren't doing any business necessarily um, ourselves. Like I didn't have a business, and she had a business. We're we're kind of our own brand, being a fitness athletes, professionals, um, and and that kind of what we cared about at the, at the time, really. 
And we were huge fans of Shark Tank, watched uh, every season, every episode. And, and my wife, I think, was the biggest fan because she would always watch it. And then we, we started um, Booty Queen Apparel based off her organic following because she has a huge woman-based following. Mm -hmm. And she anything she posted, women were always like, what leggings are you wearing? What shoes? What glasses? What makeup? I mean, so we're like, why don't we try to, you know, we get a lot of companies approach us about doing uh, or, or, you know, wearing their clothes. Mm -hmm. So we're like, why don't we start something on our own? And we did, um, through some alignments and, and, and connections, we came across some legging mm -hmm. manufacturers and then learned how to kind of do everything on our own. Mm -hmm. And it launched pretty well. I mean, with a small investment, I think it was around $10,000. We took our money, started, you know, making some of our own apparel and it'd sell out. And then a month yeah. later, like we'd get new stuff in and then a month later it'd sell out. So mm -hmm. we're like, okay, we're onto something here. And from there, that led uh, my wife to send a letter in to Char, email actually. Yeah. And, and about two months after she sent that email, they called her up and said, hey, I'm a so-and-so producer from Shark mm -hmm. Tank. We loved your story. Um, we'd like you to you know, submit more paperwork and yeah. a video explaining like your business. And about after, after about a six to eight month process of, of vetting and sending in all this information, we were accepted out of uh, 40,000 applicants, they say that uh, we were 100, 180 they take to actually film. So, you know, I, I've only had one Shark Tank-like experience. We were in the Cayman Islands, okay. and we're, we're in like a grocery store slash like liquor store, and there right in front of us is Mark Cuban <laughs> in a Mav shirt, right? You know, just ripped tea. He's got like a, you know, a, a bottle of like beer in his, in his, in his right hand. And um, my mom, such a fan of the show, goes up to me and my, my brother. It's like, you see that guy over there? You see that guy over there? That's Mark Cuban. That's Mark Cuban. And anyway, we introduced ourselves, but he was a, he was a, a, a cool guy. So, you know, bodybuilding is such a, it's such a tough sport. It's such yeah. an extreme sport at, at the top levels. What sacrifices have you made in order to be such a successful bodybuilder? I think uh, I've, I've learned a balance with this, but there's a lot of sacrifices, like you said, that, that have to be made. And I think a lot of it is time, mm -hmm. uh, time away from loved ones and people like, you know, there's times where it may be, it's been, it was until this year, the 2020 of, of COVID that, uh, the, the quarantine stuff mm -hmm. and everything being canceled and shut down um, was the first year in about 10 years I actually got to celebrate my birthday because I'm, I'm an August birthday and Olympia is always in September. So I'm always dieting through mm -hmm. my birthday and never get to have a birthday cake. So when you look at it, you're like, man, I I've really haven't had a birthday cake in about 10 years. Um, so it's things like that. It's it's holidays. If you're, if you're dieting or prepping through a holiday, like you're not going to be able to have all the great food, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and relationships tend to suffer, too. You know, you don't get to spend a lot of time because there's so much time and energy dedicated mm -hmm. to your prep and training. So um, if you learn to balance that, you could you could I've been able to manage it as long as I have and, and have an amazing wife that is. Uh, understanding also helps. So, I mean, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing that, that that's, you know, mm -hmm. sacrificed. I mean, obviously we, we beat up our bodies like we do. I mean, the amount of training, the amount of weight mm -hmm. we lift, it's, it takes a toll over time, but if you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself and, mm -hmm. and you got like, I always treat myself like a vehicle. Like yeah. if, okay, if it's time to change oil, you change the oil. Like if it's time to, you know, do the things I need to do, go to chiropractor, get massage, get, you know, I got this year, I got some stem cell injections that kind of help regenerate some mm -hmm. of the tissue in my shoulder and knees. And so it's stuff like that to really help prolong my career. So, you know, before the cameras got rolling, we, we were talking about SAS and we we're talking about, yeah. you know, America first conservatism and, 
we've already sort of talked about one of those values, which I think is really important to conservatives, which is discipline. But what are some other values that are really important to you in your life? I think faith is probably the biggest one. I think if you're grounded in your faith, uh, being Christian, uh, my wife and I, and, and a lot of our values are based off of our, our Christian faith. Um, discipline is very important. Um, I think a lot of those just kind of align with conservative values. Um, it's not like trying to pick a side of left or right or, or Democrat, Republican. I think um, a lot of times if you get too one-sided on things, you may miss the bigger picture of some stuff. Like, for instance, um, I think a lot of us were disappointed in a lot of the Republicans this last year. And mm -hmm. you're like, you felt kind of abandoned yeah. in a way. Um, through this, this last election. So to kind of pinpoint yourself into, into just a Republican, you know, may not be the best thing is, is more or less like what really fits with your, your moral compass. And for us, it's, it's been more of the conservative. If you were to put a, a, a kind of uh, put us in an area, it would be conservative values. And I think, like we said, a lot of that is, is our faith, is our, our trust in God, mm -hmm. is not really trusted in man. It's our discipline. It, it's, it's, you know, our, us wanting to, uh, kind of, we believe in capitalism too. Mm -hmm. You know, we believe in hard work pays off. Yeah. You know, if, so, if I'm all about, you know, obviously working hard, but you know, I wanted to outwork the guy yeah. in the field through athletics, and that kind of teaches you in bodybuilding that if you kind of the hardest guy, that, the guy that trains the hardest uh -huh. and, and and follows his diet the hardest and does all his homework is going to win the show. So, and that's that's kind of a capitalist sport, if you want to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I really like what you said about it. You know, it's not about being Republican or not about being, you know, Democrat. Um, because here at, you know, Be The People podcast, one of the things that we really try to emphasize is reaching out, having conversations with people who don't agree with you. Yeah. Reaching across the aisle, understanding that at the end of the day, we're all people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, sort of bringing it back to bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. What, what does this next year look like? I mean, you have, you have some exciting competitions coming up, I think. What does it look like? Yeah, we, 2020 was just a, an off yeah. year. I think we all could say that was an asterisk year. Uh, a lot, some of the shows happened and some didn't. And I, after I competed early, literally the week before the shutdowns happened was the Arnold Classic, and, and I competed in it. And then after that, 90% of the shows were canceled. They actually still had the Mr. Olympia, but it was pushed to like almost the last week in the year. So this year is definitely looking like a lot more opportunity to have shows. Um, the Arnold Classic is one I want to do. They already moved it later in the year. Usually it's March, so I'd be getting ready for it. But right now we're here in September. Um, the Olympia, which usually happens in September, is probably going to be pushed back a little bit as well. So um, I'll definitely set my sights on a show uh, and allow myself probably three to four months to prepare for it. So if, if something's in August, it's probably going to be around May when I start really dialing things in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we put on three of our own bodybuilding shows and, and where we promote for state level yeah. amateur competitors. And uh, so it's kind of cool to be able to give back and, and put our time into having mm -hmm. our own show and, and doing the things like, like you said, you have in your own, own podcast, yeah. you watch different podcasts, you see the things you like. Mm -hmm. For us, it's like, okay, we've been, done so many different shows. Now we get to actually put on a show that the way we would want to as a competitor. So that's kind of our plan for this year on the competition side. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want you to sort of give us a glimpse, give us an insight into like what one of your workouts looks like, because, you know, we talk about sacrifices, we talk about discipline, we talk about hard work. So obviously those things are present in your workouts. What does some of your workouts look like? 
to the to the average person, they're, they're intense. And, okay. And like, if somebody off the street, like, man, I want to work out with you, like, you might hurt yourself. And it's not like out of an ego thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just the the intensity, the the amount of in, intensity that we the train at. You know, the the weight that we lift. Not saying you you would lift the same weight, but if I'm going to push you to the level mm -hmm. of failure with muscle fatigue and everything that we train, um, it's it's not easy. I think. There's a lot of videos that I, I've done training, and you see a lot of stuff on Instagram, and, and I always say, don't believe everything you see online, you know? But everything that I do and I put out is, is really how I train. Mm -hmm. um, but the understanding of training till failure is something I think people don't really grasp, like, how, what your body is capable of. And I think bodybuilding teaches you how far you can push yourself. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, when you think, okay, if you're at, nine or 10 reps, but you know, and you're like, oh, it's getting hard. I think I'm going to stop like in bodybuilding in order to push past those, those levels or to get to the next level, you have to get to that 13th, 14th, 15th rep when it absolutely burns. Like it feels like your muscles going to rip off the bone and you, it, it's really, it becomes a mental game. When you think about it, it's not as much as a physical, like I could lift 500 pounds for one rep. No, it's about lifting that 500 pounds for 10 or 15 reps. And that's the difference between like bodybuilding and what we be powerlifting. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's a lot more discipline that goes into bodybuilding that makes it a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. So I was reading some. <laughs> that's gonna stir yeah, up. Some call, crap call, with them some out, call them out, man. Wow. Wow. That's gonna. <laughs> Only nice comments. Okay. Only nice comments. Hey. No. Um, so one of the things that I was I was reading the other day is is that. Um, I was reading some obesity statistics, mm -hmm. and uh, it was there about Texas, and then also about the greater um, United States. And you know, it was it saddened me to read those those stats. And you know, what can we be doing to encourage people to get out, to exercise, to take right. control of their diet, their health, their fitness? Yeah, I think that's one of the things my wife and I pushed a lot through this COVID pandemic mm -hmm. was. Um, you know, taking your health in your own hands. And I think people have depended on medicine and doctors and and vaccines and everything for so long. When, when in essence, you could take a majority of that control into your own hands. And, um, you know, recently having COVID and getting over it and, and explaining like, is it really a COVID problem that we mm -hmm. have or is it a health problem we have? Like you see majority, like a high, 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 high percentage. I mean, it's 99.999%. If you're a healthy adult that takes care of himself, you have that kind of recovery rate. Mm -hmm. But you look at the age and, and the, the other things that are going into the mortality side mm -hmm. of, of COVID, it, it's because they have you know high blood pressure, they're overweight, they're, they're diabetic, they're all these things that is really kind of more the root of the issue is not necessarily a, you know, a virus. Mm -hmm. Not saying the virus isn't deadly or it's something that we gotta all deal with, but it's saying if you take your health in your own hands, um, and that, that is, you know, one, nutritionally. I think majority of Americans don't eat that well. Um, and it's if you eat more natural foods, not saying you gotta eat this vegan, organic, <laughs> perfect diet. It's saying you eat less processed foods, eat stuff, you know, cook at home a little more or make smarter choices if you go out to eat. Um, you know, take your vitamins, your vitamin D, that's if you, especially winter time, you're, you're not getting in the sun as much, mm -hmm. you know, the vitamin D usually lacks, you know, take multivitamins, a vitamin C, uh, get in the gym, get to exercise, use weights and cardio, get out and walk, get some fresh air without a mask on, you know, enjoy, let your lungs breathe some, 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 let your oxygen in your body and not keep rebreathing CO2. Mm -hmm. Like that's not good. You yeah. gotta understand yeah, this. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things we can do to keep ourselves healthy. And, and I think if you do that, you're not going to get as sick. You're mm -hmm. going to defeat 
any kind of virus or cold that you come upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just going to live a better, more energetic life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, speaking of, of COVID. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I like that word. <laughs> yeah. Go work out. Yeah. Um, so speaking of... Uh, of COVID, I know you all did the uh, the live stream a few days yeah. ago where you talked about different things for your health. Uh, I've got I had the coronavirus over Christmas, and I'm a cross country runner, and I noticed a sort of sustained dip in my performance sure. afterwards cardiovascularly. Sure. You're a professional athlete. Have you noticed any sort any sort of impact on your performance as a bodybuilder? Absolutely, I would say yes. And and um, what I did. I'm the kind of guy, like, if I feel something, I'm going to try to push through it. Like, when I played hockey, my dad, with, even if I had, like, the flu, my dad would be, get out there. You're still, you're, <laughs> even though you're throwing up, like, go play. Like, sweat it out. So I always had that mentality, like, nothing's going to hold me back, and I'm just going to push through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started training again, I mean, I felt great. I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't have mm-hmm. fever, nobody. But I think the fatigue definitely kind of lingered for a few weeks. And I think it took about two weeks after me really training again that my body was actually felt like better like yeah. I was I was like back to 100 percent but it mm-hmm. definitely did hit um it did affect me like fatigue wise for sure mm-hmm. you know and I, I can understand you like I didn't have any cardiovascular yeah. or, I mean uh, uh uh lung issues like I mm-hmm. wouldn't cough in or didn't feel like I was short of breath at all yeah. but uh, general fatigue it was definitely there so can you take us through a day in the life of Steve Kukolo a day in the life. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, ask my wife. No, yeah. no, no. Um, we, uh, you know, I think life has changed a bit, obviously, mm-hmm. with, with, with COVID and, and uh, people being home a lot more, mm-hmm. not going into office stuff. And not, we used to travel a ton. Like, yeah. we used to be gone probably three to four weekends out of the month. And that's been practically nothing since, you know, everybody's been staying home a lot more. Uh, but for us, like my wife and I do everything together. So we run our businesses, we do life and we really enjoy being together. It's, it's, you know, people always say like, how could you spend so much time? It's, you know, I love my wife, but I really like my wife too. Mm. Like it's like, she's my best friend. So when you have that relationship, it makes life awesome. Um, so we, you know, we, we do everything, majority of our stuff at home, like we office at home now. Um, so, you know, we wake up in the morning, every morning we always have time where we talk, you know, kind of have fellowship together you know, get our day started kind of where we, we know where we're at mentally, physically, spiritually. And then uh, from there, you know, we kind of get our, our stuff done. And then I always, I, I train four to five days a week right now. So I usually train in the early afternoon. So I always, you know, everything like in my, in the back of my head, always thinking bodybuilder. So I have to make mm-hmm. sure I get my meals in. Like I always have to train with either two or three meals in me. And then uh, I train in the afternoon for about two hours. Um, and after, you know, I got to make sure, okay, I got to think, I got to get two or three more meals in me now because I eat five yeah. to six meals a day on average. So I got to, you know, f- always thinking, there's always a timer in my head, okay, every two or three hours, it's time mm-hmm. to eat, even if I don't want to eat. So that's kind of the bodybuilder in me that, that says that. And then, um, you know, we run the Booty Queen Apparel yeah. still. We do online. Uh, we're planning our bodybuilding shows for the year. The bodybuilder saying, okay, we got to start getting in a prep time. So, um, you know, our days do run pretty quick just from being as busy of doing just stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, not too exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in, in the short time that I, I've, I've known you and that I've met you, um, it's, it's, it's obvious that your faith is something that's really important to you. Yeah. So 
did you always know Jesus? Did you grow up in the church? You know, how have you sort of grown in your faith and come to know Jesus? I, I grew up in the Catholic church, actually. Okay. I, I grew up in Detroit and I was there till I was about 21. Uh, so I've been in Dallas almost 15 years. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I went to church, but I never felt like I had a relationship with mm-hmm. God. I never, I never knew Jesus like I, I do now. And it took me kind of getting to a real low spot in my life, kind of going through some things and um, really realizing, like, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. And when you realize, like, I need a foundation of faith to get through, you know, God's going to be the rock in my life mm-hmm. through, through the storm. That really is where I feel like my faith took to another level. Um, it's not saying that you have to go through a hard time to, to have a relationship yeah. with, with God, but it, it was to where I, I, you know, I think just the the male kind of mindset of like, man, I could do anything and I'm going to do this. But <laughs> when you kind of realize like, man, either whether it's a, a marriage or whether it's uh, relationships or your health or, or just your mental state of life, your spirit, like if you don't feel that with, with the Lord, like mm-hmm. you're missing a big part of yeah. what life has to offer. Yeah. So until I really started realizing that and having a personal relationship with mm-hmm. God did really amazing things start happening to my yeah. life, like meeting my wife to where, mm-hmm. um, you know, my heart was healed. I was, I felt like I was ready for that mm-hmm. next level in life and boom, God yeah. presented me and the most amazing woman. <laughs> it, it reminds me of that, uh, that, uh, verse from scripture. And you know, it, the verse does not say I can do all things. Right. It says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. Absolutely. Um, so on that sort of same vein of, you know, religion, morality, um, what, what advice could you give to, to staying humble, at, grounded, and demonstrating humility? I mean, you have such, such great success, but you're not going around just bragging about right. it. How do you do it? Right. Um, Shout out to I, Sam for the question. That's a good, a very good question. And I think a lot of people let success get to their head. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the tips that was given to me a long time ago, which made so much sense, was, you know, the same people you see coming up is the same people you see coming down. Meaning, like, you're going to ride the wave of success, you're going to be up here, and you're like, man, you, like, passed all these people up. And it, it's, like, whether it's friends from high school or just whatever, you feel, you know, if you keep, stay out of touch with them, you're like, man, I'm so successful now, but it's the same people you're going to see when you're coming down. They're, they're still going to be there. So if you've abandoned them, why would they try to be, you know, so I've always tried to treat everybody like I'd want to be treated. That's kind of one of God's rules. Like, yeah. you know, love your neighbor, rule, but, yeah. but, you know, treat people like you want to be treated. It's a very simple, like, concept that, you know, and I treat everybody equally. Everybody gets an even, even playing card when, when I meet them for the first time. And, and if somebody treats me well, man, I'm going to treat you like family. And, um, and me being on a cover of a magazine or winning a huge title or whatever it is, it, it doesn't change who I am. You know, if you let it change you, mm-hmm. it will. But I think if you stay grounded in not only your faith, but kind of, you know, stay humble in, in mm-hmm. your ways, it's, it's not saying you can't be proud of your accomplishments. It's not saying, you know, uh, just kind of quiver and be this little person, little Anne on the floor, but, you know, be, be a beacon of light in a dark world. Like mm-hmm. take that accomplishment and, and then pay tribute to what you did, but also like God, like you said, giving you strength mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. We, we talked about, uh, Working out, we've talked about, you know, the, the obesity problem, the health problem in our country, you know, staying indoors and what that does mm-hmm. um, for your mental health and your physical health. But what, what's the biggest piece of advice that you could give to someone who's just starting working out? I would say there's probably three things that are kind of 
part of an equation for success okay. into working out. One's being patient, like not expecting results overnight. It takes time. Um, being disciplined. Obviously, we've, we've, we've yes. talked on discipline. Common you know, being, being disciplined on, on your, your diet, uh, with your training, you know, following your plan. Um, and I think if you set a goal, that usually helps you get to that point to achieve it. I think if you just kind of blindly go into something and just say, man, I'm, uh, I just want to get in shape. But you're like, well, what are you going to get in shape for? Mm -hmm. You're going to start making excuses for yourself, and eventually you're going to lead to failure. But if you set a goal and say, okay, and that's why bodybuilding really is, I think, something that more of the masses can can look at mm -hmm. because it gives you kind of a goal. Like it doesn't mean you have to be a pro bodybuilder, but just say you want to say there's a show that you want to do or you want to get in the best shape of your life. It gives you really a, a deadline goal. Of like, yeah. man, I have to get in the best shape of my life. I got to get on stage and look really good. But um, just setting a goal, there's there's a lot of things that I've seen on the internet, a lot more popular, like the 75 hard mm -hmm. stuff that Nate Frisella did did or does. And then, um, you know, challenges, stuff like that. It's good to set goals for yourself. I think people need goals to accomplish things sometimes um, because we could all fall in the trap of, you know, of self-pity and uh, I'm tired and I don't want to do anything. So those three things, I think if you follow, you're going to have success in it. So do you have any, uh, you, you know, you've been working out for, for a really long time since, you know, high school uh, and, and before with other sports. Do you have any sort of, you know, like workout tips and tricks to get into shape? Oh, yeah. Or is I mean, it just hard work and discipline? No, it, you know, I think uh, uh, knowledge is power in, okay. in, in fitness. So the more you understand how your body works, mm -hmm. the more you understand nutrition, uh, the more powerful you'll be. Like, you mm -hmm. just can't say... I saw this keto fad on yeah. online and I'm going to follow this because that's what a bunch of people did. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And it doesn't mean it's a very safe or effective or, or healthy way to go about getting in shape or, or fitness. So um, learning your body, learning what works for you, um, again, that kind of goes into the patient side. That all plays big roles in, in fitness. So, you know, we were talking about beforehand uh, how... As a, as a podcaster, I look mm -hmm. up to people like Joe Rogan and uh, Larry King. But as a bodybuilder, who, who are some people that you look up to that you think, these guys, they've got it figured out, they're doing it right? Man, there, in, in the fitness world, mm -hmm. bodybuilding world, there's a few guys that I looked at that had success in, and they treated bodybuilding like a business. Like, mm -hmm. um, Jay Cutler was one of the guys that I followed when I was younger and then mm -hmm. saw his career and he's very successful four time Mr. Olympia, mm -hmm. but also treated it like a, like a business to where he, you know, had side businesses. He invested in, in real estate. He used his likeness to really brand himself and, and create brands off of him mm -hmm. and, and did very well for himself. And, and I looked at that and then I seen guys, I, I seen guys that failed or that just treated bodybuilding as bodybuilding. And then when they did that, they, when they were retired, like that was it. And they, they were starting to scramble, like, how am I going to make money? What, what's going to be next? And so to me, it was, there's guys that treated things like business. And then I've really, God put some amazing people in my life, um, some mentors and, and guys that really helped me get in more business mindset or business focused. And it helped me really take things to the next level of how could I, you know, um, wisely pursue this career instead of just like, because everything has a timeline. I mean, yeah. like, you're not going to be a, a running back in NFL for mm -hmm. 40 years, you know, yeah. like 
you know, a lot of those guys have five, 10 year career or they get hurt and, and, you know, their career's over in a year. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, you know, we got to, we have a, the finite amount of time we need to, to capitalize on mm -hmm. what we're doing. So it's, it's just, you know, training smart, being healthy, yeah. doing the things I need to do, take care of myself and then think about how do I create an income mm -hmm. greater than what just being bodybuilder could do. So what is the career span of a bodybuilder? There's a few freaks like Dexter Jackson, who, yeah. who's been competing forever. Um, yeah. He's his last, he's 51 years old, competing Mr. Olympia. I mean, he's been competing for uh, over th like 31 years. Mm -hmm. So typically, I started at 21. Um, they say kind of you reach your peak between 35 and 40 of like muscle maturity, the way the body, um, you know, looks on stage. You could see kind of the top guys in the Mr. Olympia are probably all between 35 and 40. And that's kind of what the the peak of the career would be. You know, there's some guys that have done really well, like 41, 42. But I think after that, you know, age is kind of playing against you. And then, um, but that's kind of the peak of bodybuilders. Okay. So where can our, our listeners, our viewers find your stuff, your companies, your Instagram, your social media? Everything is uh, at Steve Kuklo, at stevekuklo.com, but Steve Kuklo on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter was recently yes. uh, shut down, but uh. it's actually got back up, but it has no followers or no following. So I really, it's like a ghost account, but mm -hmm. thank you, Twitter, for unbiased censorship of nothing. Thank you, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know I was on Parlor, but that got shut down too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on Parlor for a total of two days, and then they just took it off. And I was yeah, like, and then I uh, my personal Facebook got taken down about six months ago, and I started another one. Um, but yeah, man, they they must really not like and it. And you know, I, I don't. I am I'm not a an extreme politic uh, type yeah. person where I, I don't like try to attack other people. Yeah. I try to put out some very factual information mm -hmm. about something or where I stand yeah. just based on, like we talked about, mm -hmm. like your, your moral belief, um, it, it, my, my conservative like values, yeah. more or less. And I think that's really under attack on a level that we've never seen. And I think with some of the stuff that you've been doing, kind of explaining what Marxism and communism and those kind of things, really the root of those mm -hmm. It's not good. And it's really kind of starting to, to get a little bit grip in the United States. And, and some of those principles are starting to penetrate. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are really seeing the big picture of where that leads in, in long term. Okay, that was good. I like that. We're going we're gonna to close on that. So, Steve Kugelow, <laughs> thank you so much. It was thank a pleasure. You, you too.